0: A really, really intelligent headman. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began, and Kenner continues the excitement.
1: The Empire Strikes Star Collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome, welcome to the Star Wars Collectors Archive Podcast. It's... Cast. For at Star Space Station, the Snap-Open Space Hatch. Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird place. A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fud, Chewbacca. Chewbacca's good too. And Steven B. Dam. B-Wing Fighters and B-wing pilot, B-wing, pilot B-wing, pilot B-Wing pilot Action. B-Wing Pilot Action. B-Wing Pilot Action. B-Wing Pilot Action. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike.
2: Luke Skywalker handles his saber well.
1: And Fratastic Pete. A Tech support by The Low It's a patchwork I've cast this month without the usual features, but with tons of information. First, Sky Talks with Connell Jones, the producer director of the new documentary series on Star Wars fans, and one of his stars, the master of Vader, Bill McBride. Then, we rebroadcast the ever-so-timely, yet evergreen interview with Rick Springfield. Skip ahead to one hour, twenty-five minutes if you're a super Rick fan. Finally, we talk with James Gallo about his job as a consultant for the recent $500,000 Sotheby's auction of Star Wars memorabilia. Hunker down with a quilty 67th Kivecast. Wampa Wampa! Welcome to Kivecast, 67, Steve. Okay, 67. All right. Let's make him sure. <laughs> well, the reason that Steve seems confused is it's actually early December. Uh, we released our last episode late November. And right. I- Steve has no idea why we're recording, do you, Steve? <laughs>
3: no, I-, I do
1: not. <laughs> well, this is the thing. So I had the idea to record some stuff. And I've already recorded something, and I'm going to record something else. I'm going to record it without you, just kind of on the fly, because I'm, like, catching okay. people where I can. Yeah, yeah. But if I have you in the intro, in the outro, then we can make <laughs> it an official episode, right, Steve? Yes, yes. It's, it, wow, this is all going to work. Yeah, because I don't want any microcasts, Steve. Like, like uh, a Kivecast without Steve is not even a Kivecast. So anyway, um, normally... For those of you who are listening the first time, uh, we are the Kivecast Vintage Pod, which is a uh, podcast dedicated to vintage Star Wars collectibles and toys. And right now, Steve, vintage Star Wars toys and collectibles are so hot. My microphone is burning. My headphones are blowing through my (laughs) cerebellum and my medulla oblongata. It is just (laughs) crazy. Have you noticed, Steve?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's it's impossible to... uh Avoid it at this point. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, all. The, it, what's cool, too, is it's like so many familiar faces I'm just seeing all over the place. Like, it, it's...
1: You never would have thought. I mean, at least I, I wouldn't have. No. So that's really what this episode is about. So this okay. is... We're not going to talk about the TIE Fighter pilot. There's not going to be any sky coos. There's not going right. to be any flip scripting or anything like that. Yeah. What yeah. it is, is uh, the following things. One is that uh, the documentary series... That yes. I am on and that you know about, but I've told very few people about. If you saw me at Celebration Seven and I was followed around by a film crew, um, I get to finally talk about that documentary, about where you can watch it, how you can see it, um, and so I interviewed Bill McBride and Connell Jones, uh, Connell Jones, who's the guy who produced that whole series. Okay, all right. And so it's a little bit about that series and how to find it, because it's kind of this weird thing where it's like only on an app, but maybe only like mobile. Yeah, but then some of the episodes are also going to be available on YouTube. Like Bill McBride okay. is on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I saw his today. Uh, it was great. Yeah, and so it's it's neat. So it's actually funny because in the interview, Bill doesn't actually explain what it is, but it's uh, it's you can see it on YouTube. Just look up, uh, you know, biggest Darth Vader collection. It's already got like a hundred thousand <laughs> views. Yeah, and it's Bill McBride showing off his Vader collection, and then sort of submitting information to get in the guinness book of world records
3: yeah yeah and, and it was like so many familiar faces just in that one episode so it's yeah right. it's, it's really really cool
1: to see and then later this month on the 16th so i'll hopefully get this episode out before then okay if you download the go 90 app which we will explain to you what that is during the during the interview you get to see me run around celebration seven and be followed and talk about collecting chewbacca and you get to see you ya- I won't say all the people who you get to see, Steve. All right. I will tell you one person that you don't see. Okay. Steve, (laughs) I got bad news for you, bud.
3: I got cut. That's okay. (laughs) I
1: couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll have to look to see if maybe you're in the way background. But hopefully, (laughs) Connell, you're listening to this and you realize you got to do a series of documentaries just about podcasters. Because um, you really could do a pretty good one on that. I think we should be the first ones there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, our our, our phone call on the room
1: sales that didn't even make it. That didn't make it, Steve. <laughs> but don't uh, worry. That's actually probably for the best. <laughs> but don't 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 worry, Steve, because there was a a podcaster from a different vintage Star Wars podcast that gets a speaking line and everything and is very prominently featured talking to me <laughs> uh, that's um, hard. so although we actually may end up interviewing him next week because I think he's a big tie pilot guy so oh all right our next okay, I think I know who you're, you're talking about okay yes. <clears throat> although there was a fair amount of drinking that night and it is sometimes <laughs> difficult to keep our friends across the pond uh, straight um, <laughs> So that's one thing that I wanted to do. So we're going to be talking about that, like how the documentary series came about. Because, you know, Steve Sansweet, Gus Lopez, Bill McBride, me, um, you know, we all have these documentaries made. And they're really slick, and they're really well done, and they're really fun and interesting. So
3: yeah, yeah, I love that that first one. So that's that's a good sign for
1: for things to come. Well, it's not the first one, Steve. There's already been six of them. You have to download wait. the Go90 app.
3: Oh, wait. So Bills wasn't even the first. Okay, I'm I'm no. totally yeah. Okay, this is good. This is informing me.
1: <laughs> yes, because this is the the whole technology is marketed at teenagers. It's a ah. way to like like beat YooHoo and YouTube and whatever <laughs> video. <Okay>. Um, <laughs> So that's who it's marketed to. All right. So you have to download the Go90 app if you want to see uh, me talk about Chewbacca's. So that was one thing. And then there was this other – I mean, well, first of all, like tons of people just put pictures up of themselves in local newspapers. Um, Josh Blake, a friend of the show, was interviewed on – Cincinnati radio talking yeah, yeah, about, was, talking about uh, Kenner with some Kenner employees. Yeah, and I think Mark Yo out of Singapore was in a newspaper. Uh, fellow Chewbacca collector Steve Renzi was in a newspaper. It's, oh man, it's just crazy. Like basically, if you are a if you have any profile whatsoever as a vintage collector, there's a fair chance you're going to be in a newspaper or a documentary. <laughs> so yeah. it's all it's all just kind of funny. It's happening, and then Steve. All these Johnny-come-latelys start sending me texts. Did you see the Rick Springfield interview? Did you see the Rick Springfield interview? Yeah. yeah. So Rolling Stone put out a little clip with with Rick Springfield. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: And it also – it was weird. It, it combined two stories into one. Right. Um, one story was actually about Nigo or Nigo however you say it, the guy who started yeah, Bathing big, Ape. Yeah, and his big big, auction. Yeah, yeah, his big auction. So um, at some point in the next week, I'm going to talk to James Gallo, who we talked to a couple months ago, Yeah, and he was um, the consultant for that auction. Right. And seeing as I know James, and I like James, and he's a straight shooter, I want to find out what does a vintage auction consultant do? Yeah. I don't know. So we are going to find that out when we talk to him later on in the episode.
3: Definitely looking classy
1: in that video, James Gallo. I think James is always classy, Steve. Well, uh, it's the looks, not the, you know, I've never seen him dressed up. It's yeah. nice. And he may or may not make an appearance in my video as well. My little oh, documentary. Good. Everybody I care about and like Steve is in that documentary.
3: <laughs> oh, uh, I, You know what, though? I, I kind of, I think, subconsciously avoided the camera. So that, that's, maybe, maybe that's part you of it. Did. You did.
1: You were pretty Garth, I have to say. You you were there was that scene yeah. that he does where he like hides behind somebody and then, oh
3: yeah yeah, yeah. I, that I, that was definitely
1: pulling that routine throughout celebration so yeah, yeah. Was, I, I I texted you this today but um, <laughs> the the kids and I we we go for walks with our dog in the neighborhood yeah and I'm just gonna go on a little tangent here because it's funny and uh, they came up with this game called Ewok Taser <laughs> I can only imagine <laughs> and what they do is they just pick up sticks. And they just point them at each other and go, Bzzz. and then they pretend that they have this effect of like making all their hair stand on end. And I don't know, but they do it for the entire twenty-minute walk. Hey, they, they just mean- do Ewok taser. <laughs> and I was like, "Come on, kids! How many Ewoks can you name?" And you know, they were like, Wicket, Chirpa, Logarth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love that image. Uh, so. Oh, that's great! And you know what, Garth. He uses a taser at one point, so there's a, yeah. there's a connection. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the 1992 film Wayne's World, <laughs> which is secretly Stephen B. Danley's favorite movie. It is, yeah. Um, so, well,
4: man,
3: I, did I ever tell you this? – I'm sorry. This is a Wayne's World story that, that just – I have to tell you because I, I know you'll appreciate it. The and whole this is, thing this is getting, a
1: bonus episode and we're hopefully yeah. getting a whole bunch of new listeners – and, Hopefully, and, and you know what they're going to have to sit through, Steve. They're going to have to sit through <laughs> you telling a Wayne's World story. Let's yeah, hear it. Sorry.
3: All right. So for Halloween this year, we we continued our Wayne's World thing going with uh, the black hawk jerseys that they wear. And right. uh, so you so when you say
1: we? You mean you and your wife? Yes, Jimmy.
3: my my fiance. Yes. Um. So yeah. So we we get all ready to go. We're like, man, people are going to love this, and they're going to get it, and it's going to be great. So we go to our our neighborhood bar, a couple blocks away. And uh, there's a big crowd outside, and the, and the guy says, oh, yeah, they're going to love you. Go right in. So we're like, okay. So we walk in, and we happen to uh, – the first thing that happens is someone just starts booing us. <laughs> 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 Boo, Blackhawks. And we're like, what, the, what is going on? <laughs> and then I, you know, I'm like, well, that's strange. Uh, and then other people are just starting to cheer. Yeah, Blackhawks. And no one seems to get that we are Wayne and Garth. <laughs> <laughs> we happen to stumble into a birthday party for a girl from Chicago. Oh, on Halloween, wow. <laughs> So no one understood that we were Wayne and Garth uh, at all. They just said, you know, they just thought we were Blackhawks hockey players. So it was very, like, disappointing, and I was just, I walked out very disillusioned, like, no one understood what we were. We put all this effort, and no one got it. <laughs> so yeah, we do have uh, to kind of say, Wayne's World is a 1992 film that, is great
1: <laughs> yes uh, starring uh, anyway
3: sorry I, i'm I'm done but i figured you'd appreciate that yes, as a that, sports that's, and that's hockey a,
1: fan. <laughs> yeah just particularly that nobody got your costume no anyway, but they were reacting to it for, I mean, for the wrong yeah, reason she's wearing a wayne's world hat it says wayne's world <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway yes anyway um so getting back to to this interview so rolling stone in addition to talking about this huge auction of this japanese mega millionaire who's selling right. his collection at sotheby's this week so the, the results from that auction will be in and i'm probably not going to talk about them so look it up you know we'll talk about it next week i mean next month it doesn't really yeah. matter a bunch of star wars toys sold for a bunch of money and we'll talk about that yeah. um, but then that was all put in the context of rick springfield Yes. Because they interviewed Rick Springfield about his Star Wars toys. Rolling Stone went out – the old gray lady, Rolling Stone, went out (laughs) – okay, that's the New York Times, but still. Uh, Rolling Stone went out and interviewed Rick Springfield only about his toys and he like – displayed it and they asked him questions and there's lots of humorous parts. He's complaining about a grade that he got from AFA. That, that was my favorite part. Because <laughs> it was weird they left it in. He just attacked AFA. He's like, what, he's like, what the F, AFA? Um, and, you know, he's talking about headman and all that stuff. Right, um, yeah. The interviewer asked him, well, why don't you open them? And it was great because his answer was so like, wait, what? Why... Like, what? Yeah. They're, you own them, right? So I thought, let's just put it out again. Let's just put the, the whole interview that we did out again. Yes, it's on your feed. And if you wanted to go find the Rick Springfield interview in its original form, it'll be the exact same thing. But at the end of this episode, I figure, let's just put Rick Springfield back again because that was a pretty exciting moment. And in yeah. the event that there's someone out there who, like, wants to find Rick Springfield Star Wars, I want to, like, get us back out there on the feed
3: yeah, I, I totally agree, especially with uh, the way the old side is right now. It's, it is a little tough to find, so I think it's good to to uh, to reboot that one.
1: Right. So that's essentially what I was thinking, was let's just have this interview with the people about the Star Wars documentaries, um, talk a little bit about Wayne's World, <laughs> because that's really necessary, <laughs> uh, and, and sort of uh, re-air the Rick Springfield thing. And uh, I think we can come by at the end of that um, with a little bit of feedback and and a goodbye, and then we'll have episode sixty seven, and then sixty eight. You know, we'll get back to the Thai pilot, and that'll be later in December, and that'll be you know a normal episode. Oh, well, in that case, uh, hey, let's have, have a little listen to uh, my conversation to with Connell Jones yourself. and Bill McBride. Alright, well I'm here to talk about a new documentary series about Star Wars fandom. And I'm happy to say that the Star Wars vintage collecting community is highly represented. And I'm joined by two people here tonight, uh, the producer of those documentaries, I like to call him the Morgan Spurlock of Star Wars collectors, Connell Jones. How you doing Connell? Good, great. Thanks for having me on. Now I know Mar- Morgan Spurlock is your boss, so I-, yes. I couldn't think of any other name to call you, other than that. So d- do you I think it's Great. Us? I'm,
4: no, I'm honored. I'm 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 super honored. Thank you.
1: All right, and then uh, alongside him is one of his stars, one of his bright stars, Bill McBride. <laughs> uh, who, Bill? Do you remember when you appeared on, on the Kivecast?
5: Uh, wow it's, it's it's been a while uh yeah i think you, i think you guys were in the single digits at the time
1: yeah it was 2011 it was the last time we talked to you bill um, oh. which is too long ago in that time he's been put <laughs> in the guinness book of world records as the world's biggest Darth vader collector he's on every single media outlet known to man so uh, uh nice to talk to you again bill all right thanks for having me sky yeah i have to say you know i mean Darth Vader's not even in the new movie, and you're getting all this press. Chewbacca's in the movie, and you know no one's calling me. I don't know what's up with that. But uh.
5: <laughs> you, you know, i did want to I did want to throw a little uh, a little disclaimer there. We're actually we're sort of in the final process for everything with Guinness. Ah. So yeah, so we're 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 shooting for that. It's just uh, you know, of course, when you go through the process of getting you know of applying for the record and, and things like that. Uh, it's, it's not like you can say, "Well, hey, I have I have the most paper clips in the world." Uh, right. <laughs> you, you you need to be able to present some sort of documentation for that. And what they do is they they require a different level of documentation where you have to have some video, uh, photography, spreadsheets. You know, basically, if you said, "Hey, I have a million of X," they want to basically look at it and say, "Okay, yes, you do, yeah, that's you have a million of X."
1: Well, well, you know, Bill, uh, I'm I'm also one of I guess you could say stars of this documentary series. Um yes, they, <laughs> which is part of the reason we got yeah, us together. And and in the documentary, uh, Connell sort of always tried to get me to say like how many pieces I had and that I was the world's biggest Chewbacca collector. And yeah. I, I may or may not be, I don't know. I think I should probably. figure that out. That would, I mean, that would give you more press. I think, I think it would, but it's not, my, it's, I'm, I'm arrogant, but for some reason I won't let myself say that. So I just say I'm the most enthusiastic uh, Chewbacca collector. Cause no one can, can, can refute me on that. No, no.
5: Well, you and know, I, I like that. Well, I mean, it's, it's sort of what, uh, you and I had talked about Connell as far as, you know, how, how did this whole sort of process evolve? And it was just very organic. Um, I, I think if anything was sort of like that beacon of like that motivation or uh, sort sort of that starting point was actually, of course, you know, Steve Sansweet. Right. Um, and, you know, it's you, you can sort of mentally extrapolate. It's like, okay, wow, he's got like everything. So it's you know, and I and I had kept a running tally over the years, so it was just something. I think I was just motivated by what he did. Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's there's there was never. There was never an actual process where I sat down and say, I am going to be the biggest (laughs) Vader collector in the world. It's just, I, by default, I just happen to have been, you know, doing the same thing for, what, 25 years now. So it's just, 25 years of the same thing, it adds up. Yeah, you just turn around and <laughs> there's a, a huge collection behind
1: you. And that, that was yeah. sort of my, my hesitation behind saying I'm the biggest Chewbacca collector because it's entirely possible that someone like Duncan Jenkins or Gus Lopez or Steve Sansweet has like more right. Chewbaccas in their belly button lint than I have in my whole collection. <laughs> but they don't run around talking about it because they have so much of everything. So right. uh, that's why I just stuck with enthusiastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, anyway, <laughs> but it's – yeah, yeah, an understatement, but it's it's pretty fun because if you were at Celebration 7 or Celebration Anaheim or whatever they called it, um, right. I was basically constantly followed by this group of this film crew, and yeah. the problem was, I don't know what it is, I guess it because it has to do with Star Wars, it has to be super secret, but I couldn't tell anybody what was going on, um, which made yeah. me seem like a total douche. But <laughs> well, It didn't create some mystique? Like maybe they thought
4: there was like a bigger project than it actually turned out to
1: be. (laughs) Well, that was the thing was we weren't even quite sure what the project was. But let's actually talk about what is this, what is this project called? What is this thing, Connell, that, that, that you have Bill and I starring in? Right. So it's called In a Galaxy
4: and it's a series of 22 short documentaries on Star Wars fans and the biggest and the baddest and the most enthusiastic uh, fans we could find and uh right. yeah. and and it ended up being a variety like if i if I had to choose the most devoted fans, I would have had a lot more collecting in there, but they wanted they wanted you know people being really active so there's like you know a, a woman that grooms her dog to look like Yoda she's not the biggest <laughs> Star Wars fan, but um, it was really interesting to watch so um but it's a really fun fun series, and it's on uh it was sanctioned by Lucasfilm and it's on this go ninety app which right. um it's part of Horizon,
1: Right. Yeah. So that's the most mysterious thing, Connell. Yes. So yes. Th- the whole time when, when I would talk to Connell about this, I'd be like, can I talk about it? He'd like, no. You have to keep it a secret. I'm like, when's it going to be aired? <laughs> I don't know. Where's it going to be aired? I don't know. What are some of the possibilities? It could be on Disney Network. It could be on ABC. Yep. It could be on YouTube. It could not air at all. All these things are entirely possible. And out of all those yep. things, the thing I didn't predict was – it's going to be on an app for a phone that I've never yeah. heard of.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they probably only teenagers watch.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so it's some kind of app. And this is yeah. a weird thing where we are actually going to end up trying to promote Verizon. Bill, are you prepared to be a Verizon pitch man? I know. Um, this is,
4: it's so
5: bad. <laughs> I have to admit, Well, it's – um. It's definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there and, uh, I guess I'll deal with the ridicule later, but, um, I, I did have to actually Google, uh, go 90 yep. and do some research that way because I'm apparently so far out of the, uh, the in loop for, for what, uh, for what's on trend now. Um, but it, I mean, the Bill, You weren't alone. <laughs> you weren't alone. I had to Google it too when they said it was going on to go 90. Well, it, it, it was, uh, it was definitely something I'm like, okay, well, let's, 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 let's see what this is. I get a good feel for it as far as, you know, sort of the compressed, uh, you know, immediate, the streaming media, uh, sort of evolution that, that, uh, things seem to be going to. Um, I was definitely, I felt, I felt, wow, it's like all the work and it's like all the just sheer effort that went into it. And it's like, wow, it's like the, I, th- I think the platform was, uh, just to me just was, I, I felt it was limiting. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a little, little <laughs> kind of threw me. But
1: that—that that was the thing. Yeah. I, I was really because I don't understand people who spend that much time watching videos on their phone. You know, part of me also feels kind of hopeful. Like, well, maybe this is like a really cool way to reach new people who. I don't know who want to check it out. I mean, when I looked at it, you know, you can watch NFL football games on there. And now I really sound like an ad. You can watch Nerdist. You know, you can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. lots of great content. But I mean, there is. And I actually, it was really cool because I, I was uh, just, I was actually I was watching a football game and I got an email from a student I had three years ago who said, Mr. Payne, did you know that you were on the video game awards? <laughs> and, right. and they put an ad for In a Galaxy during the Video Game Awards, and I was yep. on it. And so it was. I think it is going oh, to reach wow. people. It's just it's going to be really hard for me to show my parents. And that was the main thing yes. that I was hoping for. Was like, click on this link, pa, check it
5: out. But yep. <laughs> well, that yep. um, I, I had I, I had spoke with Colin uh, on a personal level. It was. It was definitely going to be a challenge because uh, we we had lost uh, another Star Wars collector, another Vader collector, right? Uh, that lives in Mexico, and it, you know, I, I just a- asked sort of on the tail end of that, I'm like, you know, hey, is there any way I could I could get his name attached to you know to, to my project? Which they did. I mean, he's in the credits, which which is fantastic. But then, of course, with the with the app. Uh, it's like, oh, I don't
4: Absolutely. know if you can
5: download it in Mexico. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. From yeah. what I understand, it's, it's, a US, it's a U.S. only platform for right now in U.S. content. So
1: I was just editing the podcast and I realized that um, I didn't – we didn't even say his name. So it's uh, J.J. Islas or Juanjo Islas and uh, he's a great Vader collector and a really good guy. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't mention him even on the show when he passed, and we don't really have a editorial policy on that or anything, um, but just sort of wanted to say that because he was a, a good friend to many collectors and, uh, and a good guy. So anyway, wanted to add that in there. Now we can get back to the podcast on a less dark note, but it's really cool. Um, look at the end of Bill's episode and you can see him thanked there. And hey, Bills is the one episode that is on the internet, not just on the phone. So they can see it down in Mexico.
5: I mean, yeah. the great thing about it is, as far as sort of the instantaneous, you know, the streaming on demand video, I mean, the app's free, the content's free, you don't pay for anything. So, I mean, that that's fantastic.
1: Right. But, and, yeah. and a friend of mine pointed out that if it exists on the phone and it doesn't make enough money or get enough views that way. They're going to put it wherever they want to for as yes. long as they can until they get money out of it. So yeah. that's the thing is we're going to be constantly pushed by this market demand. It's because yeah. I mean honestly, the main person I feel bad for is Connell as the produ- – so you're the producer. But yes. a producer in documentary terms is basically the director, right? Right. It's the writer-director. But, and there's, there's many reasons for that
4: that title but uh, be, being that way. But yeah, okay. um, the, the writer-director. But also controlled. My hands were controlled by some people um, to do to tell the story in a certain way. Um, yeah, right. several several layers of companies and people. But um, but I just want to say before we talk about like maybe we're you know heading towards the project. I just want to say that like yeah, the app is very strange. But I'm I'm hopeful that it'll be released in other formats too. Um, I well, I think the app it's it's interesting because everyone that's involved in digital content, they say, like, you know, most media, like, something like 60 or 70% is watched on mobile phones, which is crazy to me, but if that's yeah. the case, then this is great. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it's attracting a, a new audience to Star Wars if it needs it. I don't know. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> um, but but then eventually, I really hope it's on a, on a website, too. We're pushing for it, it, it within our company. Right. And well, so um, so you're
1: you're a part of Warrior Poets which is yeah. Morgan Spurlock's company. The guy with the mustache. He did Super Size Me and Inside Man and all that stuff. And yeah. I call him that because his whole idea to have a mustache was to become the guy with the mustache. So that's fine. That was his technique. Yep. And then <laughs> you guys are produ- you're not owned by maker, but you're you have produced that product for maker. Yeah. Which is an some kind of internet Disney. company that Disney bought. Yep. So okay. Disney
4: Disney acquired Bill were you going to say something sorry I think I, I Well like I, I, ask just, I just I just
5: wanted to touch on this briefly and uh, to, just I guess to bring everybody sort of up to speed uh this morning I had a friend of mine that's uh that's on the, a website called Elite Daily uh it's based out of New York so I I don't know if you're aware of this Connell but I was yeah. tagged in the video they actually they uh featured my entire uh documentary yeah. on the site so, yeah, and it's on
4: YouTube too. They, they it's not even on their the League Daily, Daily, they put it on YouTube. Yeah, and no, I, no, I didn't <laughs> even
1: know about that until you I didn't know about that until you pointed it out. Yeah, I, heard, I, I, I emailed Colin. I'm like, hey, is mine gonna be on YouTube too? He's like, is your what gonna be on YouTube too? Because <laughs> I that's just I, crazy I gotta, that you, as the producer, you don't even know where they're putting it. But no. I guess once it's out of your hands, it's out of your hands.
4: Yep. That's what happens with all of like even TV projects is you make the episode and then they decide when it's going to air and where and how many times it's just, it's gone. And it may not even air. Right. There was a show that we made for A&E that they only aired like seven out of the 10 episodes. And then there were entire projects that
5: just don't happen. So yeah, you kind of get, you kind of get numb to it but and you just hope well, for the I best. I mean, this, this is just crazy, man. It's like every time, you know, just everybody, like all friends and family, it's been just a huge response overwhelmingly. Cool. I mean, just everybody loves the video. Uh, but, you know, as, as people are tagging me, I'm going back and look. This thing's got over 75,000 views already. Yeah. The, the YouTube one or the? The, the one on uh, Elite Daily. Right. Oh, cool. It's great. Yeah. That, yeah, so it's got a great. ton of views and, I mean, that's like almost 800 shares. So it's, yeah, I was kind of like, Wow.
1: Well, well, that's me out a bit. yeah. Well, that's. I mean, I think if I could take a guess, I think they just know that that's out of all of them, that's probably the one that will get the most people interested to watch the other ones. I, I would imagine because guess. because um, it's so like you know, um, Vader's awesome, and like you're interesting, and it's not you know, it's a very sort of tangible, fun, cool thing. But yes, yeah. I, I guess it's all good for us. I'm just uh, it's. Yeah, I'm. It, yeah. There's another that I got a hint today
4: because they brought up the elite daily thing to our company, which didn't even know that that was up. And they said wow. there's going to be another episode. <laughs> they found out from Maker there's going to be another episode on Huffington Post, huh. uh, possibly by this weekend. I'm hoping it's yours, Sky.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that'd be great.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, who knows though? There's 22. So uh, Sky here, let me solve that mystery. They just showed bills again. Damn it! I Can't beat Vader, right? We'll see. If six, I think right now there's six out. Right. Well, yeah. well, that was so, that was the funny thing was. I mean, first of all, I just watched all of them uh, this this evening with my kids, um, and cool. it's totally worth awesome. it. Especially if you have a daughter like my daughter, who actually does get teased for liking Star Wars too much. There's a really uh, sweet one about this little girl who gets stormtrooper armor, um, and that's yeah, you know, that's really fun. And there's this crazy guy in Australia who like walks around eating roadkill. I guess he's trying to collect money for charity but it's mostly funny because he's just walking around eating roadkill. And uh, uh, and there's sort of a lot of kind of trooping stuff, a lot of 501st stuff. Yeah. But but then the first two um, actually ties into how I first heard of the project. So Connell, you approached me. Yeah, let's start – should, yeah. well, should
4: I ex- explain the the genesis of the whole project? I guess. Yeah, is yeah. Does that and it go from there? Yeah, because we're all over okay. the
1: place. But that's the good thing is that's what our show is. So. Great. <laughs> that's what I love about it. So,
4: oh, and and yeah, this is all tied in. So, what happened is that Disney bought Lucasfilm, as we all know, and they also bought around the same time or just shortly after that, they bought this Maker Studios. I think it's yeah, Maker Studios, and um, it was. All Maker was was a a big conglomeration of YouTube users that had massive, massive subscribers and followings and views. It's something like six it's a ridiculous amount of views. It's like sixty billion per month or something. It wow. just doesn't make wow. any sense. Wow. Yeah. And um I'm actually gonna look it up right now. But um so they <laughs> they they bought this company for nine hundred million dollars and but the company they, they, bought, they paid $900 million, but it's also for content. They wanted to make that much money in content. So Lucasfilm and Maker, they're like the new kids on the Disney block. They got in touch with each other, and they're like, we should do something together You know, now that we're all in the same umbrella company. And then they were talking about the new movie coming out, and like it would be cool to do. They came up with this idea to do a, a series on fans. Now, Maker has a side project with our company called Smartish, and Morgan Spurlock wants to make his, like, starting his own channel called Smartish, which is gonna have a lot of different series and things like that. And it's just, and it's just starting now. And so, when Maker was approached by Lucasfilm or what, how, whoever started that dialogue, they said, hey, well, there's this company, Warrior Potes, they did Comic Con, it's run by Morgan Spurlock, they could be great for this project to do it. It was like, it's perfectly in our wheelhouse of like sci-fi fans and, and follow doc style. And so they approached us for it.
1: Is that what it's called? It, follow doc? Yeah. You can call that follow doc or verite. Okay. Yeah. Doc. Yeah. Well, as a French professor, I prefer but, verite, but follow doc sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and,
4: and it's, you know, we interviewed you guys. It's not like, you know, it's not like a Baker you know, uh, Kind of follow Doc, where you d- you don't even ask questions, but but it's right. it's in that kind of style. So
1: and, and I just sort of I, I want to because this has been the funniest part of it for me is when you approached me. You know I'm I'm somewhat visible in terms of you know if you collect vintage Star Wars figures, you probably have heard my show or seen me talk or whatever. But mm-hmm. when when you asked if I'd like to do it, and I sort of asked you, well, yeah, I think so, and I was like, who else is doing it? At that point, this is these were your exact words to me. Well, so far, uh, we've got Steve Sansweet, uh, Gus Lopez, and you. I I remember hearing that thinking, you do know that one of those does not (laughs) belong with the others. I'm really flattered, but it it was really funny because I I was – I mean, obviously, I I was flattered. um, But that that led me to the question, why did you choose me, Connell?
4: Okay, so when they – so Morgan got this gig through Maker to do this series and then he asked me to produce it cuz he's not you know he's he's working all over the place he doesn't have his hands like on every single project so he hires other people so he had me to do it and I just dove right into like all Star Wars fandom I downloaded like every podcast everything anything I could listen to on the way to work or after work or wherever and so your podcast was one of those and I thought it was hilarious it was totally obscure. It was totally obscure. It was all about, like, vintage collecting, but I thought it was great. And that's one, one of the key things about making a documentary is we call it casting, which is probably an inappropriate term, but it's just finding really interesting, like, fun people to follow that have a lot to say about themselves and what they do. And I thought you were perfect for that. Well, so at, at the time uh,
1: you told me it was because of the 2-1-D poetry slam, which... Uh... Yeah, which probably yeah, was I, my finest create in my life, besides my kids, is probably the greatest thing I've ever created. <laughs> um, well, it, it was it was it was awesome being asked, and you know, I was obviously I like to talk, and I, if you were casting me, you could figure out that I was a huge ham. Um, yeah. Now, I I was curious because so so you followed me around at at Celebration Seven, but then and wait, you, before before you say that,
4: I should say that when I pitched you, no one knew who you were, and we sent it to maker and they're like who's this guy there were some questions about like who you were and what was going on and I was like no 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 trust me he's great don't worry about it <laughs> be fine I, I, I did, do remember I, that because I was were like pitched as a paragraph they didn't listen to you you were just right. one paragraph <laughs> and then they're like no oh, oh, and then they trust me and we did it so anyways uh, that, that's um, awesome because
1: you like Steve Sands yep Gus Lopez yep Know him Sky Payne what I'm sorry yeah. what <laughs> yeah is he the Vader guy no no that, that guy's a different guy oh yeah and there were so many. They, I should point this out
4: with with this show. They were we we couldn't reach out to someone without Star Wars approving it. Right. Um, and maybe that's too much inside information about the process. But like they were very sensitive to like the fans and like who we were gonna profile. And so like every single person had, had a general story had to be written out of what the episode could be, and then we sent it to them even without even knowing if they were alive. You know huh. we. <laughs> And so we, we sent it, and they're like, okay, now you can find their email and write them and see if they'll be on the show. Wow. Um, yeah, so it took a long time. There were a lot of different people. that We wanted to follow a celebration that just got removed. Um, uh, well, they, just, uh, like the I, I Belgian mean, I, prop builders would have been incredible at, at Celebration 7, uh, but the, they just... Uh,
1: the, the, the Belgian prop builders?
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we wanted to follow them. We like pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to to follow them, because they had so much great stuff there. Um. So, but yeah,
5: yeah it's, some it's, didn't work. it's just, it's funny because, you know, Sky and, uh, Bill Cable and I, we were all part of the elite, uh, character folks focus panel. So, yeah. you know, it's, you know, you see, you see the cameras following Sky around and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's cool. It's like, you know, he's getting some screen time and then it's like, you know, we're all trying to, it, it's just like one of those things that happens on the fly and you're just, you're trying to get everything organized for your panel and, you know, then the dudes yeah. rolling with, with, you know, with the, the film crew comes in. And, yeah. you know, I looked Bill I'm like, dude, what are we doing? <laughs> goes, oh, they're, they're following Sky. It's like, all right, let's get the laptop going. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think when you told me that as far as, you know, the whole vetting, uh, you yeah. know, process for everybody, I think that was the thing that really surprised me. I mean, it's obvious, you know, it's, it's logical. It makes sense. But then it's also, you know, it kind of makes you think it's like, wow, I, I think it's good. I'm not, uh, kind of going off the deep end on Facebook or, uh, you know, at least right. I've, I've, yeah. I've sanitized myself a little bit, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's great, man. I just, I'm still, it's, it's like, you know, I'm still on cloud nine with mine because I just finally got to see it and it's just, you, you guys just did such an amazing job. I mean, it's Thank you. Thank you. It, 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 absolutely, I mean, it, you it, made it, it easy. It, it, you made, well even I
4: mean that was a key thing you had to have something going on. I talked to a lot of collectors, and there had to be something you had to do that was they wanted a narrative like art, there was some challenge or something so when you yeah. when sky when you brought up the the uh, room sales. Right. Everyone was like, "Oh, whoa, really? Something that no one knows about? Oh my god!" <laughs> it's like that—that's when they
5: really get. Yeah, it's like it's like the alley drug dealing of the Star Wars <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, it's like, yeah. This is this is the dark. It's like Zoolander with this is the dark. <laughs> yeah. This is the dark underbelly of the collecting world. You're about to see.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the the funny thing was that at the same time as I was being followed around by cameras, which inevitably kind of alienated people, but it was also like by the nature of it and I don't, I don't know if it's changed much from the edit that I saw, Connell. Has it changed yeah. a ton? No. No, no. So it's like really just a huge celebration of vintage collecting. Like you see so many people that have been on this show, so many people that you know. And now, here is Sky with a list of all the people that I could identify positively on the documentary. See if you've heard of any of these names before. First of all, I'll start off with the ones I'm not quite certain. I'm pretty sure you see Mike Menzinger in there. I'm pretty sure you see the back of Mike Ritter. And I'm pretty sure you see Brock at one point. Now here are some more names of people that have appeared on the show or that we've talked about who make an appearance, usually almost like a cameo, in the background. Derek Ho, Tracy Hamilton, Elling, Trevor the Tweeter dooter Luis, one of the Bickmores, Joseph, Rick through the Window Iglesias, Tim Eckholt Duncan Jenkins Todd Chamberlain Loud Mike from Sweden Super Space Freak David from Florida Don Raskin Johan Seidling Tom Kane, the voice of Yoda from Clone Wars okay, he's never been on the show, but that was cool Jared, the Photoshop guy Anthony Demata, And Jonathan McElwain Finally, the following characters have speaking lines in the documentary People you've heard of or heard about on this show David Carr CJ Fawcett Stefan Foucault, James Gallo, Ross Cuddy, hey Ross Cuddy, and his wife Charmaine's there as well, Frederick Youthberg, Yehuda, Phidias, Barrios, before he was gunned down by Bruce, and of course, one of the co-hosts of the Vintage Rebellion, Grant Criddle, that's quite the speaking line. So those are all the characters uh, in the vintage world that are portrayed ever so briefly in this cool five minutes. So if you want to sort of see what a celebration is like for people in the vintage community, I would say that that's the best thing that this documentary does. I mean, pictures of, of me talking about Chewbacca is fine, uh, but it's actually the stuff in between me talking that's uh, really the most fun. And once again, who was not in <laughs> not in my episode? Poor Stephen B. Dan get back to the interview. And it's just kind of following me around, for basically a typical celebration. Like I'm going to people's stand, you know, to dealers who you know. I'm going to the room sales that you know, and uh, and so it's it's really cool because it it really was like, hey, this is what it's this is what it is, and and it was it was interesting because he asked me if there was a story, and uh, I'm not going to ruin the end of the story. But the whole the whole thing was about whether or not uh, I was going to get uh, the the French uh, uh, Meccano Chewbacca uh, that came up yeah. uh, for sale from Lulu Berlu uh, and and was, you know has been around for a couple of months <laughs> at that point yeah. but it was very expensive and so I thought oh I totally don't have enough money to buy this I know what documentaries <laughs> like people who need to raise money so it, it it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty exciting
4: yeah and it, I think when we first talked it was like. Yeah, it's super expensive. I don't know how I'm gonna pay for it. And then it was like, All right, well, why don't we film you figure out how to pay for it? <laughs> right. You know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, and and yeah. I have to I have to say, Carnel, that like I really do hope it airs because the things that I sold, it still burns me that I, I had to sell. Really? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been hit up a couple of times to see if if I could have those in trades for things I want and everything. Yeah, no, uh, like I I would have, you know, I would have had to raise that money somehow. But definitely, like, the, I, it was a lot easier to let go of them knowing that they were letting go in this sort of moment of uh, of showing right, what it's really yes. like, you know, the wheeling and dealing. Right. Yeah. Um, well. So, yeah. You know. They're they're. They're uh, immortalized
4: on
5: yeah. <laughs> on digital media. <laughs> your your trade will go down in infamy. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah there, exactly. there, there's more story when it actually comes out. I'll tell a really funny story. Actually, no. You know what? I can't even tell you about what. Come up and talk to me at a celebration. I'll tell
5: you a funny story about something that wasn't filmed. I. You know. I. You know. I mean, just just on a personal level, I I, I think the thing, you know, if you're listening to this and you and you and you're. Interested in checking out the series. I, I think on a personal level, what, I, what you guys did is uh, it, it's just so amazing because you took so many different facets of the hobby and so many different facets of the Star Wars world, and everything is presented in just the absolute best possible way. I mean, it, it, there's no oh, sense of you. exploitation. Uh, there's no sensationalism. Well, okay, there's sensationalism, but it, it's just everything is done. It's like, dude... Star Wars is awesome. The Star Wars world is awesome and we're going to show you the best of it and I, I think that's the overwhelming sense I got from all the videos like you know Steve's was killer, Gus is killer. Um you know, like sky I got to see yours. It's like I'm just I'm watching these like this is awesome. Absolutely awesome. And anybody that watches even fans or you know even people that really aren't Star Wars fans um you know like the reaction of my video across the board has been I'm like it's crazy. It's like 95% positive.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... Even, the,
5: even, the, well, even the like little pedestrian, you know, the sort of the everyday, it's like, oh, you live in your mom's basement. <laughs> uh, you know, right. haven't had a date kind of jokes. I mean, even stuff like that hasn't come up. So, I mean, the response right. has just been just crazy, like off the chart positive. I mean, you, wow. you guys, you guys deserve a ton of credit for that. It is. Thank uh, you. Just, so, so much.
4: Yeah. But, yeah I mean, yeah.
5: it's, it's you, but, uh, just amazing, uh,
4: the fans made it made it easy it's such a rich community and it's, there's so many stories there were, it, we could have we could have done like 200 episodes we were we were actually pushing for that so hard Um, there was, it was just, it was, everyone's story was incredible. It was, it was easy. It was easy. You guys made it really easy. The
1: the cool thing. And one of the hard things was that you have to keep them down to like five or seven minutes or whatever. Yeah, Um, that was hard. That was hard. But, but boy, I tell you, it makes it watchable because You know, while I was watching Bill's, of course I could watch Bill's collection for hours and hours. And I'm like, why is he spending so much time on the golf clubs when there's an (laughs) entire series of collector cases right behind him? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it it, it keeps it at a good pace. And that's the thing is, you know, I I remember I, um, I, I showed it to a couple of my family members, just, you know, super secret. Don't worry, Connell. (laughs) <laughs> um, in, including my sister-in-law, who's not always right. entirely convinced of uh, of everything, and she was like, "Oh my, that was great! I mean, that's amazing! I mean, that's so cool!" Like, she was completely blown away, totally convinced, wow. and uh, it's it's gonna and do in, wonders for me. Was... Yeah. She thought it was
4: what you're doing is cool, right? Not just the documentary itself. Well,
1: well both because I mean, she was but, really impressed with the way it was constructed and and the fact okay. that like it it you, you're kind of drawn in in all of them, you know. I mean, it's like I don't to be honest, Connell, I don't actually care about uh, dudes dressing up like Mandalorians in Kentucky, <laughs> <laughs> but I I watched your thing and I was like, okay, I guess I do kind of care about dudes getting dressed up as Mandalorians in Kentucky, you know? Right? Um, and that's. Uh, yeah, that that's pretty fun. <laughs>
4: that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, and like you know, with the golf clubs, it's like yeah, you want someone like your you said your sister, or like, and well, anyone, th- you know, Bob, down, you know, down the street to to love it too, and we want more people to join the Star Wars fandom because it's
2: it's, well, it's it's incredible. A, it's a,
5: you know, the challenge is just making it ex- accessible, and that's what you guys nailed. Is Thanks. just like okay. the gator, the you know, w- with the golf bag. Um, you know, I mean, maybe to guys, you know, like the more serious collectors, like, oh, dude, I don't, I don't play golf, I don't care, but <laughs> yeah, golf isn't exactly a, an underground sport. So I mean, there's a ton of people, right. uh, you know, that will see that and go, man, it's like that is cool. I didn't ever know they made a go- Darth Vader golf bag, and mm-hmm. what you guys did is just make the whole realm of Star Wars fandom. You just made it accessible. I think th- th- this is brilliant, man. Cool. Which I mean, I thank just, you. I'm thank just you. so it so was, over the top happy with everything.
4: Cool. Thank you.
5: Yeah, it was
4: it was a little bit of a challenge to do that. Like, there's little teeny stories like the 501st and all their patches. Like, I thought that was the funniest thing in the whole world that they were like collect all these patches and have all... they could go crazy over patches. Yeah. And there was oh, like yeah. things, things like that that you can't really get into too much. Like it can, it can get really deep. You know, you you just got to hold yourself back right. to some of the stories and stay semi objective about everything and.
1: Well, Make it accessible. Yeah. That, that's what it's like when – that's why collectors like Bill and I have to have a focus so that we are limited in the amount <laughs> right. of stuff we buy. 63,000 <laughs> things later, Bill is very limited you know, compared to Gus and Steve. So getting back to Gus and Steve, we Steve. wanted to have them on the show tonight and it right. was a nightmare of planning to try to – like, hey, Sky, why don't you try to get Steve Sansweet – on your stupid podcast a week before the new oh. Star Wars movie comes out because that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so so unfortunately they couldn't make it because uh, they couldn't make it. But those were the first two and I thought that was really yeah. cool. It's kind of like a declaration. At least to me I saw it as a declaration yeah. that, that this is about two of the coolest hardcore collectors that we know. So the Gus one is going out into the, into the desert and looking for uh, pieces of the Sarlacc. Yep. And then Steve's was basically just about Celebration 6 and just being about uh, his setup there and him officiating a marriage. Sky here. Uh, Of course I meant Celebration 7 or Anaheim. Los Angeles Celebration of Anaheim. Back to the episode. Um, And then you have Bill and I. Are you allowed to say if there are other things that might interest vintage collectors? Uh, Let me see. I'm actually going to pull up. I've, it's hard. I, there's
4: so many. I feel like I lose track, and I'm on another show right now, so it's oh my gosh hard. Let's see. Okay, as far as collecting goes, yes. Okay, well your yours is coming on the 16th. It, it uh, is. That that's definite. That's yeah, not, and that's, and, it's and not going to bu- be sold to cablevision or something. No, that's okay. definite. That's definite. <laughs> <laughs> um, family in the forest. That's about a, a family that takes part in this giant uh, battle on the field of the Buffalo Bisons, a minor league baseball team. Okay. Um, in front of 18,000 fans, they perform this this uh, this cute um, family. Um, but that, no, no collecting. Attack of the Scones, a baker. <laughs> Make Star Wars stuff. X-Wing mechanic, no. Rise of Vader. Hot air balloon, Vader, hot air balloon, you can't collect that. No. Um, tattoos. You can collect Star Wars tattoos. There's yeah. one coming out January 6th on Adam Guy Hayes. Um, nice. And he nice. does one of his biggest tattoos ever. Um, uh, it's a Rancor on this guy's back. It's really awesome. That's wow. Cool. Um, did, did you do that celebration? Jimmy did cool. uh, Really? He wow. stencils a little bit, but a lot of it's freehand. It's really incredible to watch. It, we, we compressed it. It looks like it happens in you know two hours, but it actually happened over two days. Wow. Um, it was wild. Um, oh. Ashley Eckstein has an episode. Custom oh, custom toy maker. This I love this episode. This is great. Um, on Silof, do you guys know Silof the uh, custom toy maker? No. Oh yeah yeah. Oh.
5: Is, is is he the one that did like the whole steampunk pirate theme stuff? Yeah. Yeah, he does
4: all those mashups, and he was the first one to do like, you know, the samurai mashup and all the all the like the cowboy. He does like a. He is a cowboy
5: yeah, mashup. Yeah. It's really awesome. Um, his his stuff, man, I am a huge, huge fan of his work. He is that stuff like is off the chart. Yeah. yeah. It's
4: incredible. And it's so small too. It's it's really amazing. And so we filmed him do a mashup with uh He Man. He Man and nice. Star Wars.
2: Huh.
4: Yeah, that was re- that was really cool. Um he's really fascinating. He's you know, he's the teacher by trade and he has a family and he just does this on the side. So we we documented a little bit of that too. Um then the human collector, this guy Brian Helm collects people um that dress up as Star Wars <laughs> characters. And he gets his twelve he gets a twelve a set of twelve characters together. Huh. Was it was it twelve in the original? There was more of that than twelve figures well, in the original.
1: Well twelve were the first yeah, that was yeah. The, the, the first wave of figures were twelve. Right, um, okay. Just just out of curiosity, who do you think came first? Connell Chewbacca or Darth Vader? in the, w- w- if you mailed away for it no like like in terms of the line who technically comes first the the answer chewbacca the fact comes you know chewbacca that. comes before darth vader i'm just saying yeah
5: <laughs> you know i however i would like to point out there's like this i think there's a new star wars movie coming out next week Yeah. at least that's the rumor yep. i would like to point out that <laughs> the very very first character from the original trilogy that we saw in the trailers and the teasers for the new Star Wars movie coming out uh, was actually Darth Vader.
1: No, it was just his helmet. It wasn't him. I'd like to make hey. that point. Anyways, okay, we'll stop for it's now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it as far as collecting goes. There's a lot of crazy stories, but what what I've noticed is there seems to be a thesis to the show. Now you have to understand, I'm a college professor, so I'm trying to get my students to know what a thesis is, and they generally right. don't. But there definitely is a thesis, which is. The whole everything that matters about Star Wars is the connections that Star Wars fans make to each other. Is that is that something yeah. that you decided was the thesis? Is that does that come up from the mustache? Where 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 did that sort of that uh, editorial came decision about, come from?
4: That came from you guys, from the fans. That was I don't I think it was always just a generic just Star Wars fans. They're fascinating. We all know that, but then the 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 focus on the community and the. The bonds between all the other fans that just came out through each episode, that and we actually had to tone it back because it was like we couldn't have every episode be about that, even though that <laughs> was the like focus of everyone's episode, <laughs> pretty much.
1: Yeah, I was, was I, I all saw the that. fans?
4: Yeah. yeah, all the friends you create. Yeah, through all this. I mean, that's why the trailer says says that at the end of it. Um, but that was not that was not something we really set out to do.
1: Oh huh. well, that that definitely is. I mean, as far as this podcast goes, that's one of the themes we always come back come back to. That even though it seems like we're really talking about toys and money and all that stuff, it it it's like I said in the stupid trailer. You know, it really ends up not yeah. being about those things. And yeah, but it's hard to say in a way that's not too cheesy. So I I do appreciate that you managed to have me say that. But it didn't sound as cheesy as I think it just did right there before I cut myself no. off.
5: No, so. <laughs> no, man, it's, it was it was fine.
1: Yeah, I love the way you said
4: it. It was so great. And you know what? There's an there's a director's cut of your episode where you go, you say, you know, it's about the community. It's about you know, it, it's it's about the people as much as it is the stuff. I think that's the last line that uh-huh. you say. But then there, I had an edit where it kind of stops. And you go to another stall at the room sales, and you're like, how much is this? And you go, like, <laughs> you look at another item. It was, it was really funny. So. Wow. But they, they cut that out. They cut that out. They kept so. how, how it hard film.
1: How do we get a hold of the director's cuts?
4: I can send them to you.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right, that's cool. Yeah. yeah but
4: they, now you have to just distribute them at room sales,
5: though, like on DVD or like VHS. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, dude, we could. Can- we could totally do just like you know <laughs> really oh yeah Slipcase, slip case. this is the bootleg version <laughs> <laughs> and then so when you come around for documentary session 2 then you actually get us yeah. selling your <laughs> selling the bootleg bootleg videos at the room sales you're like dude really
4: yeah so i mean you were just talking about like documenting more people i hope that this i hope they call us back and want to do more of these um they to be honest i should tell you Maybe this is too much information, but we want the goal was <laughs> thirty episodes.
2: Huh? That's wow. it,
4: twenty-two is a weird number. Um, <laughs> we fell short. Uh, we fell short of the order because of the, all the delays with um, not being able to reach out until people
1: were approved. So all right, huh? Uh, so, so there uh, is a chance that you'd make a a second round. I
4: I hope there is. I really hope so. And then
1: um, would people contact you or would it still be you contacting them?
4: I I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I mean maybe – yeah, maybe we would – Well, I don't know. It depends because Star, Star Wars – I mean uh, Lucasfilm again may want to just – they might want to oversee every communication. So I'm right. not sure.
1: Okay. Because if, if you ever need more advice, Connell, I know lots of people just off the top of my head <laughs> yeah. who have great stories. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're talking Bruce White. He's this guy who lives out in North Carolina and makes all the, the black velvet art. He's like getting featured in movies all the time now. And he lives in like this totally crazy house. Like uh, you could just film there for just like days. And he's like a great yeah. artist. And, and he's got an amazing Princess Leia collection. And uh, yeah, I could just right. Don't you think, Bill? Don't you think he'd, oh, be, he'd um, be a good one?
5: Oh, Bruce is just. I mean, he's just a genius. He's the kind of guy. Uh, you know, he started doing the whole black velvet painting. And, you know, it just has that immediate sort of cliche hit with people. You're like, oh, God, this is, you know, I just, what kind of, what kind of mess is this? And then you <laughs> see what the guy's doing. It is, he is so good, is mind blowing. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I was, I was fortunate enough to have him uh, commissioned him to do a piece a couple years ago. And it's still, I get, I get more, I get more people complimenting uh, his Vader uh, black velvet piece than most of the other you know, works of art that I have hanging
1: up. But the funny thing is, honestly, we could just rattle through a name of 50 different people. I was just, I, well, it was funny because I don't know. Okay. I'm going to take credit. I like to take credit for things that aren't really my credit, but I thought (laughs) that you were asking me for other people, uh, Connell. And I thought that I told you about Bill. Is that accurate? Or did you already know about Bill and you were already going to approach him? We, we had, we had known about Bill, but
4: we, the recommendation helped.
1: Okay, but the recommendation was actually wrong because someone had told me, Bill, at some point. Now, if you don't know Bill, he is an imposing figure, right? He's, he's a big guy, he's tall. He's not what you picture when you think of a flight attendant. And so someone told me, did you know Bill McBride is a flight attendant? And I'm like, isn't he like an ex Marine? Like, I was trying to picture him with like the little tiny cart and kind of like, um, <laughs> Uh, like in like a jacket that's too small and i was like there's got to be a story about like this guy who has this profession and then has the vader collection and and it must be so interesting and and what what happened When you actually asked him about this he looked at me like i was crazy when i when i first went down to scout
5: his collection i asked him, by the way are you a flight attendant he looked at me like i was not Well, no. It um the the funny thing is, I was telling Sky. Now I remember where that started, and actually, it's that's my fault. Okay. Because at the time, uh, you know, I worked I worked for one of the major airlines, and when you work for an airline, you know, it's just like any other like a system of government. It's like if you said, "Hey, I work for the federal government," it it would it's almost like it's almost cliche when people say, "Uh, oh, are you the president? No, (laughs) are are you a congressman? No." There's a right. literally infinite amount of jobs under that. So it got to the point where, especially within the collecting community, everybody's like, oh, you know, you're a pilot. You're like, no, I'm a flight attendant. Because, <laughs> I mean, just with my, my sense of humor and, you, you know, the whole Marine thing, everything else, I would be the last person that you would ever want to be a flight attendant. <laughs> so, that, of course, to me, with my sense of humor, that's just immediately what comes to mind. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a flight attendant. So and then,
4: yeah. I think you would be a great flight
1: attendant, Bill. I think he would be. Yeah, awesome. me too. Me too. I, I think. I think you know we, we have some we have some fans out there who are good at Photoshop. So uh, maybe Jared, if you're out there, if you could do Bill McBride as
5: a flight attendant, that'd be great. Okay. No, no, no. We did. Uh, no, the best. The best Photoshop was uh, what's uh, one of you guys did for our panel. The, oh they, yeah, they they photoshopped the Trailer Park Boys. Onto our, uh, you know, the Photoshop, like, Street 3 po Chewbacca, and Vader's head on the Trailer Park Boys at the end of the video. I about died. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, that I was, was actually, crying laughing.
1: That was actually me who did that. That wasn't one of those guys.
5: Yeah, oh, was not Yeah, that um, was
1: my, my little gift to you guys for including me because I was, like, I was so wrapped up with this video that I really don't feel like I I, I held my own in, on that panel. And uh, so that was, like, my way of thanking you guys.
5: Oh, dude. It was... Yeah. Oh, my God. You were the man. That was awesome. I yeah. saw that. And I just immediately mm-hmm. like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah.
1: well, I I actually have to put my kids to bed, and you guys said that you'd be able to carve out about 45 minutes. That's about as much time as we've had here. Um, okay. So, this is really cool. I think, um, you know, I, I am curious, Connell, have you become kind of a, a Star Wars collector since then? Did that inspire you? I mean, we... We, uh, I'm looking at yeah. two
4: pieces right now as you say that. Oh. I, I bought a Chewbacca at the Celebration, and then I bought a Luke because we're going to cut his hand off for the Siloff episode, oh, but right. I kept <laughs> it instead. Um, and so I have those two up on my, uh, up, up in my living room right now. Um, nice. I, you know what? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't collected more than that, but it's a start. A start. Yeah. And I have an IG-88. Too. That's
5: my one of my favorite characters. Well, you, know, you know, you know, you know. Connell, is it is, is a gift to you just for just for the whole experience? I will send you a beautiful vintage Darth Vader figure because it's like you know you, you can't you can't. Oh yeah, you man, you can't you can't go into the whole vintage thing and not have <laughs> a Darth Vader figure. I mean, to me, it's just weird. It's like, eh, well, I got to get to work. I'm not wearing pants today.
1: It's like, like right. no, nah, man,
5: that doesn't work. So, Deal. <laughs> Awesome Thank you Bill. Cool thank you.
1: Well thank you And so I guess We'll tell everybody To uh, Download Go90 Download Go90 Listen it's a, <laughs> it's a free app If you're on Verizon They give you Two gigs of data But you don't have To be on Verizon To watch the videos Every Wednesday The new episodes Come out Bill yep. and I Our episodes come out Like two days Before The Force Awakens Comes out Because ours Are the most important And the best Right Bill
5: Exactly uh, see, That's it, what I we... thought Yeah <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, we, we yeah, we, leave it to us to anchor the new, the new movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think if anyone yeah. deserves credit, I think it's us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys well, uh, both, and we'll see you on our phones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank All you, right. Thank you, Thanks. Thanks for I love having your me. Podcast. Well, Steve. Before we re-air the Rick Springfield interview, I think it would be fun just to talk to James Gallo uh, about what it is to be a consultant on his big auction. So um, we don't really need to say much an in intro to James Gallo, do we, Steve? Nah, nah. He's uh,
3: he's uh, he's the Philly guy.
1: Yes, he's <laughs> a Philly guy. Although his his name used to be Jay Gallo N.Y. for New York. So no, I always said right. I his name that. was Jay Galoni. <laughs> but anyway, Steve, uh, you weren't around to talk to him, but uh, I talked to him on my own. So let's uh, hear from our good friend, James. All right. All right. Well, I'm here with James Gallo. How's it going, James? Good,
6: guy. How you doing?
1: Doing well. Right, right before I hit record, we were talking about your, your drama of trying to get your kids to bed and... Uh my kids are in bed, so appreciate you uh staying awake enough to, to talk to the space freaks here about Yeah,
6: no problem, no time.
1: That's <laughs> cool. I think you were on just a couple months ago, so it's uh
6: Yeah, well, you know, we gotta make this a reoccurring thing.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing that everyone's been noticing is that James Gallo is everywhere these days. Uh, what's that feel? It seems like between you and Bill McBride, who's also going to be on this episode, it seems like you guys are the are like the new Gus and Steve or something of of the vintage world. What, what do you think? Uh,
6: that? <laughs> I think I mean, it's just timing and just got lucky more than anything else. But uh, it's definitely been fun and uh, cool to see me all over the place.
1: Yeah. Well, we you know. Um, so this episode is is dedicated to a few things. One thing is, you know, that that weird Rolling Stone video that came out with Rick Springfield and then in the middle of showing Rick Springfield, all of a sudden, boom, you pop up and then you're talking about the the Nigo or how does it pronounce? Nigo or Nigo or or Nijo? How how do you pronounce that, James?
6: Nigo, I believe, is is the correct pronunciation, but don't quote me on that.
1: Okay. So then he's the founder of Bathing Ape and a super scrillionaire who's selling off now, didn't he already sell off his Star Wars collection a couple of years ago, James?
6: Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, this, you know, if you look on, like, the YouTube videos and what have you, this this certainly isn't everything now, whether, you know, he has other stuff still or whether he, um, well, actually, I know he has other stuff still. So, um, yeah, this is certainly a portion of it. But uh, if this is just a portion of it, his collection must have been pretty cool. This is a really big, big group of stuff.
1: Right, and so it's being auctioned by Sotheby's. And I don't know has Sotheby's auctioned off Star Wars before?
6: They have not. Um, the closest thing they ever got probably was back in the 90s. They were they did a a couple of years of comic auctions, but um, you know I don't know that Star Wars has ever gotten the big auction house treatment before.
1: Well, I don't think this will be the last time, and I, I guess we'll have to see how uh, how how this goes. So then you are the consultant, so how does that happen? I mean, you don't work for Sotheby's right? You work for toy heaven
6: right so, so. I, I, I was essentially brought in as an outside contractor to go through the merchandise, um, catalog it, grade it, lot it up, um, you know give kind of pertinent information about given lots. Um, point out maybe special things that they might not have known or, or spe- you know, certain intricacies about Star Wars that they, they might not be privy to because... Can you give you me know, an example they,
1: of something that you pointed out that they didn't know?
6: Um, you know, like, there, there's a lot of different... There's a ton of different Trilogos or so, you know, some of the Trilogo variations. Um, there's both versions of the Trilogo Fett. I mean, that's something that, you know, they, they certainly would not have been aware to note that you know, hey, there's two different color Boba Fett figures on the same card. You know, is there a difference? Yeah, yeah, there's a big difference. Um, wow, so, yeah. so that's
1: like what, the the, the light blue knees? I, this is like, I haven't thought so, about a Trilogo Fett in a long time, James.
6: Yeah, there's like a, um, you know, your basic kind of darker blue Boba Fett, and then you have essentially what they call, you know, a logo Boba Fett, or at least what I've always referred to as a Trilogo Fett which is just a very light colored blue um figure and you know to my understanding it only came on trial logo cards you know or, or at the very tail end of the run um there's other variations of painted knees and unpainted knees etc but that is you know the big major aspect of the variation is the 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 coloring
1: that's awesome, and so that, I mean, it's totally worth them hiring you as a consultant because they don't—they might know what a TriLogo is, but that level of of depth—that's awesome. So you, was it sort of shipped from Japan to New York, and you had to meet? What was the process like for you?
6: Yeah, yeah, everything uh, came into the New York offices. It was crated over and uh, unpacked, and I went in there. I spent seven long, long days kind of going through everything and cataloging it and and grading it and lotting it up and trying to make, you know, lots interesting for everybody. And, you know, it was was a daunting task. Um, You know, hopefully I did a a nice job, but uh, we'll see how the auction goes tomorrow.
1: Now, now you keep saying, oh, yeah, the the auction, by the time you hear this, it'll all be realized. So, it'll be be interesting because the auction will be over by the time people hear it. But it's actually happening tomorrow morning. Um... So I guess before I get to the other question, are you going to be going tomorrow? I will hopefully
6: be there. Um, yeah, at least to to some extent. It's it's two sessions. There's a morning session and an afternoon session. So I, I hope to be there um, for the morning session at least.
1: And are, are you forbidden from bidding?
6: Uh, I am not forbidden from bidding. Ooh, Are, I, I, I are you
1: are you going to bid on anything?
6: I don't expect that there'll be you know, there's not too much of interest for me personally and, and I don't expect that uh I'll be bidding on anything for resale because I expect the prices to be pretty strong on this stuff.
1: Right. I mean it's it was funny, like so when I looked at the lots I did notice there was some pretty intriguing combinations, like the there's you put Was it you that put together lots of like the 21 back, Empire Strikes Back figures? Was it you who came up with the idea of putting, I think there's like three or four of them together?
6: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I did all the lotting. So, um, you know, like there's four trilogal loops in, in one lot that I, you know, I put them together and, you know, it was a, it was a combination of uh, pairing stuff up with a, you know, common card back and and looking at it from a value standpoint and trying to kind of mainstream everything to the point where, you know, it made sense, you know, and it, it made sense from a value standpoint, and it made sense from a, you know, a standpoint from a collector, and, you know, I didn't want to put lots that were going to get crazy expensive, so I, I kind of tried to keep them, you know, I, I didn't want to make lots $10,000 a piece. I mean, that, that wasn't the goal of the auction of itself, but I also didn't want to make... You know, it wasn't feasible to do every figure as a single lot. It just it just wasn't feasible at that point.
1: Wow, yeah, it kind of sounds like fun, right? I mean, to to divide it up, or
6: um, it, it was a lot of long days. You know, I right. probably have a good eighty to one hundred man hours into this, and uh, you know, it was it, it was a lot of work.
1: Okay, so I'm getting a sense maybe it's it's kind of like. Uh you know like if you do something that you love but you do it too much for too long it becomes something maybe you don't love as much so <laughs> absolutely i
6: mean you yeah, know and i don't i don't know if this particular situation occurred there but i mean it definitely became tedious after a point because you yeah, know i mean there was over 400 figures um, and, yeah, you know, I graded every one of those figures, so... Now,
1: yeah, now that, that, that's what you've, you kept saying, and I found this really interesting. So, you've given the grade, so it's essentially going by the Gallo scale? Like, you just sort of said, this is a C8 or something? Or how how did you... Yeah, I determined? mean, you know,
6: I think, for the most part, um, experienced collectors have some, um, you know, experience in, in what a C8 looks like. Um, but, yeah, pretty much, I mean, there, there is a... A, uh, I don't know if it was in the online catalog but it probably is there should be a kind of a description of you know a definition of the C scale that I used um, you know for the most part the, a lot of the figures were really really nice and, and I don't really expect there to be any condition arguments You know, um, you know it, more so how people treat yellow bubbles and bubble cracks and bubble things I mean there could be you know, some discrepancies on that, but, um, beyond that, I mean, I, the, the collection was really overall very, very nice. So, um, you know, there's a lot of C8 and above stuff and these days, you know, that's, that's something special and tri-logos are really nice. Um, especially, you know, overall the, they were well above average for tri-logos, which you don't see too often these days.
1: Now the, the, the question that I suppose you've been asked a bunch of times, but I haven't heard the answer to it, is uh, that there's a particular three-letter word that has uh acronym that has not really been used here, and it seems pretty funny considering what we associate with high-priced items. Why is there no AFA in this whole process? What's the, what's the history behind it? Just to be clear, I am referring to the AFA third-party grading system, uh, which grades and puts collectibles behind plastic
6: behind that? Uh, I mean, that's basically a, a corporate decision that, that you know, Sellerbees really? made. And, and uh, that was something that they weren't interested in doing and that they, they didn't felt they needed, they felt they did not need to do. So, um, now, Were you any know, of mean, the
1: figures graded previously?
6: No, this was all. Everything was purchased before AFA was in even in existence, wow. so nothing, nothing was graded. If they had been purchased um, more recently, likely everything would have been graded. But um, this was a situation where everything had been purchased in the 90s, late 90s, and um, yeah, no AFA at that point. So everything was raw, and they are as they are, whether they are. You know, figures that were color touched, or whether they are figures that are cherry mint. You know what they are is is what they are. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's actually really. It's interesting because if you look at the video that that you starred in, and again, I'm I was trying to figure out why they were put together. Now, one could be they're put together just because it's Star Wars and it's vintage and it's all at the same time, but maybe Rolling Stone secretly is against AFA. Yeah, no. It it seems because you had Rick Springfield saying F -F AFA, what the F is wrong with AFA, and then you have this auction that essentially invalidates AFA as a means of making more money for selling toys. I mean this this sets a precedent. If it works this way, it does kind of set a precedent that maybe in the future people will not think of it like make money equals AFA. I don't know. What do you think of that? Well,
6: I mean there's an age old argument um as long as third party grading has been around of the graded versus raw argument and there is plenty of people that will tell you that they get more money for stuff that's not third party graded and you know that very well may be true and and you know i mean there's a, a bunch of different reasons why that may be the case and we'll just have to see what um you know what happens in the auction and and what uh how things play out but I you know, I don't expect it to make that much of a difference. Um, I expect this stuff to sell for for good prices and, and as a result I don't I, I think the AFA factor will be minimized. I think if this was, you know, a low level auction, um, maybe that would not be as significant of an issue, but in this particular instance I don't think the, the lack of AFA grading is gonna make much of a difference on anything. And and the only figures that would have been significant um, as far as fakes have COAs with them from, from collectible investment brokerage, and that's the, the double telescoping Luke and the General made Dean. So, right. um, you know, I, I don't think you have any authenticity issues with anything, and, you know, God willing, I, I didn't, you know, miss anything of significance, and, and hopefully people are happy with their purchases.
1: Wow. So what, is there something that you're really excited to see how it sells? Like not, I mean, obviously the Medine is interesting, right? Because a a tri-logo general Medine, there's only a handful of them in the world or whatever. And they usually sell for what, 10,000 or something like that at this point?
6: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the type of figure that you have to have the right buyer for. And, uh, you know, there's, I think there's upwards of about 15 or 20, maybe 25 of them. But uh, when you talk about all the Star Wars collectors in the world, and to have such a small number, that's that's a small number. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean it is it is ironic that such a lame figure is On you a know, lame car
1: back <laughs> one
6: of the most expensive figures in the whole damn universe. But um, you know that's how it played out in this particular case.
1: By the way, Sky here, uh, just for your own edification, the Maadeen ended up selling for twelve thousand five hundred. Um, which is uh, one of the higher items. Oh, geez, while well, I'm here, might as well mention that the Double Telescoping Luke sold for 25000 Um The two Power of the Force coin sets sold for 27000 The biggest seller was the Canadian Star Wars Empire Strikes Back seven-figure multi-pack, which sold for 32000 And the strangest thing was a New Hope Stormtrooper uh prop replica from 2007 which sold for $8,000 more than a yak face. Right. But I mean, you know, that so that's not James E. But are is there any lot that you're curious to see like if the way that you curated it and put it together is a sort of one you're thinking, "Ooh, I wonder how that sells?"
6: Well, there was a a really cool piece which um you know, I discovered for lack of a better word. Um there's a R5D4 with an upside down back uh-huh. and it was just the way it was printed that for whatever reason when they put the back sheet on it was upside down so when you flip it it's come you know it's upside down and it's not messed with it's you know aged right and it, i mean it's just just something that i just have never seen before i don't know if i'll ever see another one and um that's a piece that I, it is unlikely they would have caught or or at least put any significant value on it. And uh that's a piece that it, we'll be very curious to see how that goes. And then, you know, I mean, some of the bigger pieces, I mean, it's always interesting to see, you know, a lot of the times the double telescoping Luke sell in private sales. You know, I can't tell you the last time I saw a card of double telescoping anybody, you know, in a open auction. Right so you know that's something that that will be very interesting to see and and I think the coin sets um will be very interesting to see how they do because there, there's two so full different.
1: coin sets is that right it's a,
6: it's two full coin sets in a custom frame um that basically you know was produced to make it look like it's an executive coin set but i mean it's it's just you know kind of common sense like you know you're front and back, so there's not much of that you know for the most part anybody does a frame does it that way. So it's, you know, um, it's two full sets of coins. So it's, um, 124 coins and you know, they're getting real expensive these days. So, you know, (laughs) it will be interesting to see if that's something that, you know, is the value and the cost going to keep people away or is the demand for it strong enough to overcome that?
1: Again, it sold for $27,000. I would say that was a lot or a little, but as we know, Steve and I never get it right with coins.
6: Because uh, you're looking at something that's got an estimate of around $25,000. And generally when you get up to those types of numbers, um, your pool of buyers is is pretty small. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that does as well. And I mean, there's there's tons of really neat lots and, and some really wacky tri-logo variations that are real cool. And, and you know, there's 12 acts and there's... You know, everything from 12 backs all the way through. I mean, it literally was very, very close to a comprehensive, or, you know, close to a comprehensive run of Kenner figures. I mean, you know, not necessarily every figure on debut back or, or along those lines, but for the most part, there was just about every figure on every backer. I mean, right. it was 400 figures, so, you know, do the math.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it'll be pretty exciting, boy. I tell you, I got to stop looking through this. I keep seeing things I want to bid on. I probably shouldn't. Yeah, I mean,
6: <laughs> yeah, it, it was cool stuff. I mean, there, you got a Power Force, you got all the staples, Power Force Anakin, Power Force Yak Face. There's a Power Force Guardian driver and Yoda, and I mean, you, you know, there's all, almost all the big, big, big you know, figures are there, so.
1: Right. Well, I'm, cool. I'm just thinking more of, like, the, the kind of the fun lots, like the lot of 48 backs or, you know, just yeah. that. If you, I mean, I think they're going to sell for a lot more than the estimate, but even if they do, you could really put together a pretty nice beginning of a run, just kind of. No,
6: absolutely, exciting. and I think there will be lots that people would be, you know, there's always stuff in auction like this that slips through, Um, that goes under market or it goes slightly under market or goes a lot under market. And, you know, a lot of those kind of smaller empire Jedi, even power of the force Tri Trilogo collections or groups of lots absolutely could, you know, kind of sneak through there. I mean, I think, I think you'll see enough action on the early stuff that, that they're, you know, they're small enough lots and they're well known enough, you know, the 12 backs and even, even the stuff on just the star Wars backers, I don't know that much. Of those will slip by, but there's so much. There's just so much that if you you really have a general interest, I, I think you got to be able to win, you know, a couple of lots. I mean,
1: yeah, it's well, just... we'll we'll see. It'll be exciting. We'll have to to come back because it's, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to see. Awesome. Well, I was only planning on talking to you for like ten minutes, but it I I have a hard time stopping talking about this. <laughs> this is really exciting. And it's really it's really fun thank you for kind of coming on and telling us what it's like do you know if you're going to get to do this again
6: uh i don't know i mean i have no idea what uh, their plans are as far as any type of future auction. so it'll be interesting to see how things play out and who knows maybe it's going to be dependent on um you know how this auction does you know i don't know
1: yeah awesome well excellent james and uh hope we'll have you on again soon again
6: sounds good sky thanks very much
1: My friends all quit a kiss goodbye. We I did the interview with Rick Springfield, I don't know exactly when. That was back in 2013, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Though. So, anyways, enjoy a candid conversation with, by the way, somebody who is most likely gonna get nominated for an Oscar this year. because uh, <laughs> he was good in that. did you see that movie, Ricky and the Flash? I, I didn't see it. Uh I'd like
3: to. Yeah.
1: It it's good. It's you know, it's not a, it's not perfect. There's a lot of places where it, it could have been better, um, but it's really good. It's definitely worth watching. It's definitely a lot of fun. All right. Um, good to know. Uh, de- definitely the best uh, Diablo Cody movie since Jennifer's Body. Um, <laughs> so, without further adieu, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky S. No. R- Richard. Richard Springfield? That's his <laughs> name? Uh, okay. I like Richard. Yeah. Okay. Let's Springfield interview, take two. Okay. This is Sky here. I'm actually gonna release a slightly different version. Uh, this is the unedited version. I'm actually gonna leave in the entire thing, uh, like even the parts where I'm like super nervous and you can tell, um, and the parts where like they're getting him on the phone, um, just to sort of like a, a, a behind the scenes kind of thing. The only thing I will remove from it is references to a secret project. What? Check. Check. Hello? Hello, is this Rex Springfield?
4: Uh, No, it isn't. Um, who's calling?
1: Uh, this is Sky Payne. I'm calling with a uh, Star Wars project that we're working on.
6: Okay. Uh, hold on one second.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> okay hello hello is this rick springfield yes hi this is sky Payne.
0: hi how are you do- doing
1: doing doing great is this uh, an okay time to talk
0: yeah how long do you think uh uh this will take you think just...
1: uh, i mean it can it can be pretty sure i mean you know probably 10 20 minutes something like that'd be, that
0: that'd be perfect Okay. So take 20, ten, twenty minutes, Maddie. Yeah, yeah, we're just in the studio uh, recording a new record, actually. So, we're, wow, we have we have, <laughs> we have no time, but this is better than any.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, great. Well, I I really appreciate you taking the time. So now, I'll, yeah. I'll kind of cut right to it. I'll do my little uh, my introduction to you, and then we'll get right with the questions. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay. Yep. It is a great pleasure that I am interviewing a man with many talents. He is a Grammy Award winning musician, a Tony Award nominated actor on stage and screen, as well as a New York Times best-selling author. He is Rick Springfield. But What's most interesting to us is another title that many do not know. Rick Springfield, Star Wars Super Collector. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: I'm glad to. I mean, you know, you, you, I, you've got to find people to talk to the Star Wars collecting thing about. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, they'll they'll be totally into it. Other times I'll be talking and I'll, I'll see their eyes slowly, slowly rolling back in their heads. So you've got to be careful who you pick, you know.
1: Well, well, you, <laughs> you definitely pick the right people now. Because... I know,
0: I know. There was actually, I'm, I'm a big Titanic fan too, a Titanic collector. And uh, my one of my friends just went on uh, the, the cruise. I have actually the lifeboat plaque from, from the number two lifeboat. Wow. i so collect other stuff too, but the Star Wars stuff was really where it started because I was just, you know. I actually just started collecting the toys in my, like in my late 20s, and I was kind of oh. too old to pull them out of the package and play with them. <laughs> so, so I just, you know, kept them in the package and stuck them in the cupboard. And that happened to be what made them worth, you know, worth worth money afterwards, was if they're still in the package.
1: Right. So that wasn't like a, an instinct of a collector. You just no. wanted to have the toys, and you just wanted to. That was your way of playing with them, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted the toys. I've always loved toys. i was a, a, a toy freak, and uh, and I love the packaging. And out of the packaging, they they kind of look well, kind of dopey. So, right. <laughs> so in the in the packaging, they look great. And and then I and then once they started golfing value, then I started to really get into it and started to collect some of the super rare stuff.
1: Right. Well, that's, that's great. What, what I love, and you know, I've, uh, I've read your book, by the way, um, mm-hmm. Late Late at Night. It's a great read. I recommend it to everybody. And what I like is you talk about...
0: Oh, there's about, a Star Wars co- said, a story in
1: there, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple Star Wars stories, and there's, there's some about collecting, but I also like uh, you, you talk a little bit about how you've sort of struggled with depression through your life, and you refer you use a Star Wars metaphor in your life. And I, I want you maybe, if you wouldn't mind, expanding on that, because I think a lot of us have felt that way. Uh, you, you refer to your inner demons as confronting Darth Vader. Later. and oh uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i call it i called my depression mr d and uh and it and it's very it's very similar to uh you know that that's that's the dark side of all of us so right. i've only i've only actually ever met like one or two people that have ever said no man i've never been depressed so <laughs> <Right>. you know <laughs> and i think they're lying so uh, you know putting it in a book i was a little unsure about it but it's a truthful thing for my life i still battle with it and uh right i think right. i uh um uh, you know, there's a lot of truthful things said in the original, uh, in the original Star Wars movies. You know, you do or do not. There is no trial. That kind of stuff was always, right. always been very in tune with a lot of my philosophy, which kind of really started with reading "Think and Grow Rich," um, oh. the, the Napoleon Hill book, which is the first, uh, first real. Um, the first book on on positive thinking or on seeing your destiny before you you reach it, which I'm sure you know George Lucas has read, and I'm sure most writers have have read it or, or books right. like it because it's the basic philosophy of 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 the 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 good side, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, and f- fighting your inner demons. I just I really like that because I, I related to that myself, you know, because it's it's great dealing with father issues or with your own dark side or your your lust for power. So. Yeah, that and it, and...
0: it doesn't really matter you know like what i realized in in my life too it doesn 't matter how much you acquire or anything like that, or because it it the the joy of that is momentary, and, and in the end, you know, it's still just you going to bed at night and dealing <laughs> right. with, your, with your shit, you know, so you have to, <laughs> nothing changes except, except inside yourself.
1: Right. And another thing that I like, it wasn't in your book, but I, I saw it online, um, you actually made some toys yourself, is that correct, when you were younger?
0: Oh, you mean as a kid?
1: Well, I mean, I I remember looking up because you you had a giveaway on one of your uh, your cruises because you do cruises. Oh, right? the
0: Star Wars, <laughs> the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have to tell you,
1: I I almost <laughs> went on that cruise just to try and win that because uh, it's it's very it's, rare. Uh, and
0: uh, yeah, while I, actually while I was riding a Working Class Dog, you know, Jesse, we had Jesse's girl and love was all right on it and everything, and I was really starving. I had no I had no money, and so I I always I've always loved art. You know doing stuff with my hands so i started making clay figures and sticking them on mirrors and i'm a big sci-fi fan so wow. i started out with uh, the robert Heinlein. uh um one of the characters from his book was a martian kind of leaning on its on its uh chin and i put it on a mirror and what and another one i did was the titanic and another one was uh, that darth vader one and i never i sold like one you know i, mean, wow. I made, made about like three bucks and i made them all by hand and and fired them and then painted them and then wow. put them on this mirror and my best friend, Doug Davidson, is a, just saves everything. And for some reason, he had one of these cleaning out his attic the other day and he, or the other last year, and he found this Darth Vader one, which is amazing that that's the only one that exists out of all these mirrors I made. And uh, and it was, well, you know, it was an amateur attempt at Darth Vader, but it was pretty cool. I, I, so I we tell so it's we pretty did, good. I mean, yeah, uh, we gave it away on on the cruise as a prize because <laughs> I'd signed it on the back and everything uh, back you know in like '79 like when I made it. Right. So f- for a fan, it, it was it was a cool thing to have.
1: Yeah, well, I'm telling you, if you if you ever went back to making more of those, I'm sure there'd be an audience. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> who collect you know bootlegs and and knockoffs and stuff like that, and that's better than a lot of bootlegs I've seen. So. Uh...
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd have to fight the lawsuits first. Yeah. Right. That's true.
1: And uh, also, um, you know, because. Uh, 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 the way that actually you came to to, to my attention, you know, is we, we host a podcast just for vintage collecting, and mm-hmm. there's this amazing picture on your Facebook of you holding a a headman, an Uze yeah. headman. And uh, first, all, I love the picture because it reminded me of the the Lee Harvey Oswald picture with the. Uh, in the backyard with his rifle, and I was like, everyone's like, it, "Everyone's like, is that real? It can't be real. How does Rick Springfield have that?'" And so uh, I was like, "It's real." It,
0: it must be Photoshop,
1: <laughs> right? You look at look at look at the shadow. But, uh, yeah,
0: uh... right. I know it's 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 pretty awesome. It's been my that's been my uh, the one I've looked for for years, and and for you know, I mean, it, it it's so rare. You know, it's not even in the movies. So right. <laughs> it, it was. It, I don't know why, but it because it was so super rare. I I. I and, and I'm, I was a big gladiator fan as a, as a kid you know okay. I made a you know one of the things I made as a kid was a, was a whole gladiator outfit for myself because they didn't have them when you know in the 60s when I was a kid so right. so so the sword and the shield kind of really attracted me although it's really <laughs> bizarre for a space guy to have a sword and shield so that was right. part of it <laughs> and I love the whole cheesy backdrop and 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 I put it out to Tom Tom Derby right uh i said dude if you i they, you know i knew there was only one that, right. that, that this collector had and i said if one ever you know please uh you there yeah i'm here yeah I, I sorry okay. um uh, if one ever comes up please contact me and <laughs> I, like after i asked him this he emails me and said you're not going to believe it uh one just came in to be graded and uh uh, are you still interested? Wow! <laughs> so uh, I, I, it's it's really the I have a I have a bunch of the more rare ones in a a glass case in the living room. I mean, I'm I'm not really one of those guys that like puts them all over the house. First, my wife wouldn't let me.
2: Right, of course. <laughs> and, and secondly,
0: it, it doesn't really go with our house. But but the only one sitting out is still Headman, and I it's just I know I, just, I look at it all the time and get a thrill, and it was <laughs> absolutely absolutely worth the effort and the. The, the waiting and everything to get it
1: well that's great yeah it's, it seems like the ones you wait for the most are the ones you appreciate the most totally yeah. totally <laughs> and uh, on on our podcast we do this thing we just kind of lightning round and we always ask the question if your house were are burning down what one item would you save well reading, <laughs> re- reading your book you actually had something like this happen C- could you tell us the story
0: i did I, I live in malibu and there's you know fires are, are part of the uh a part of the deal of living here and there was one coming over the crest and the cops would drive it up and down saying, you know, please evacuate Uh, the fire on its way. So I, uh, I, my wife's putting all the family photos and the videos, you (laughs) know, and the the real, the the animals, all the real stuff you put in there. And she comes out and says, what the hell is a big cardboard box doing in my car? (laughs) I said, well, that's, that's my really rare Star Wars. (laughs)
1: Right. Can't be replaced.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it's it's you know, I mean leave leave the animals behind, but I gotta take the Star <laughs> Wars stuff. So she rolled her eyes and, and, and went back to the house and started collecting stuff. But yeah, it's uh would would be definitely one of the things I'd grab.
1: Right. So did do you think the headman would be the one thing you'd grab on the on your way out or it'd be some of, other item?
0: Of the Star Wars stuff, headman would, would definitely be. I mean I've got you know, I have a bunch of other things. I've got uh the uh the three you know, a set of the three Double telescoping guys, you know, oh, yeah. Darth, and uh, and I have the uh, only only version only version of the Italian Boba Fett. Oh, wow! Uh, we talked on, about that. On, I, on, I, I
1: didn't know you had that. Wow!
0: Yeah, and um, the which you're, you know, I mean, I can mention that to you, and you go, oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I it, it. Italian I, I ESB
1: Fett. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I've tried to tell you know other people that, and they go. That's really interesting, Rick. So, what what are we gonna have for dinner tonight? You know? So it's it's, uh, it's really fun to talk with uh, with, with collectors because they get all that kind of stuff. They get yeah, the joy right. of it. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it to to impress. I'm saying it because you guys get how cool this stuff is and how much fun it is.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I I just collect Chewbacca, and so you know, I have the, the sort of pretty full run of, oh, of Chewbacca really? figures, and and I show it to people, and they go, How come they're all the same? <laughs> This isn't a it's got the same. Look like a transition not. sticker.
0: <laughs> They're not all the same. They're all drastically different. <laughs> this one's got the green crossbow. This
1: <laughs> exactly. They're all so. Different. Yeah,
0: it's pretty. It's pretty freaking It's pretty funny. I mean, I. Uh, um, I've met a couple of people who are who are fanatics, but uh, it, it, when you run into one, it's 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 a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it is. Now, now, obviously, Headman wasn't in the movie. Do you have a favorite character from the movie?
0: Um probably Boba Boba Fett I guess you know he was just 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 so cool I mean he was just yeah you know he was kind of the Clint Eastwood of the Star Wars guys he didn't speak much but uh right he he looked awesome
1: <laughs> Right yeah it, maybe too cuz you're from Australia right Mm-hmm. So it seems almost, almost like an Australian kind of, uh, I don't know, outback. Yeah, they actually
0: ended up using a New Zealand guy for it. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty wild.
1: And, yeah. and do, you, do you collect any, like, Toltoy toy stuff or stuff from Australia? or? or is I, it... I actually
0: was there when the movies were out at one point, and I did get just by accident, because I was just trying to collect a whole a bunch of stuff, just buy a bunch of stuff. I didn't know. This was back when no one worth, th- thought they'd ever be worth anything. Right. Um, was uh, the... I don't know. One of the was it yak face, or one one of the ones that's only was only right. put out uh, the uh, the tri logo yak face or something. I think is is one I picked up in Australia just for just because I hadn't seen it in America. It says oh, I'll keep that while I'm here.
1: Oh, that's a great story.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I also found it uh, on the road in the '80s. Actually, would go to Toys R Us, you know, because we're all you know we'd buy. Squirt guns and stuff—we st- silly string or things we could do damage to each other with in the <laughs> bus, and uh, and I and I always look around the back shelves, and I found actually a sand crawler and paid huh. about like four dollars for it, and, uh, wow. and you know the the remote control sand crawler in the box, and I yeah, still have that.
1: That's a rare piece. Wow, that's great. Mm. So so you sort of have one area to display, and then maybe a storage area with the rest of it.
0: Yeah, I got a storage area that that uh, you know I have. Uh, I was actually thinking of you know because i have I have a um a bunch uh, not another bunch but a, but I've really focused on the on the really super rare stuff now right that I was thinking of before I just started collecting everything And, right. and i really I don't have any of the new stuff I only have all the the stuff from the seventies so I was thinking of maybe it's all the stuff you need <laughs> some, yeah, I think was selling some of the you know like the Ewoks and all that stuff that I'm not right. really into.
1: Well, I'm telling you, if you did, you know, calling it from the Rick Springfield collection, you would get a premium, or or, or start trading because uh, I, I, yeah, I can tell well, you. I mean, if I did, you know,
0: I mean, if I did, I'd probably I'd probably donate it to, the money to something because it, um, you know, it's not like selling guitars or something like that. I'd do something that, that was that had some kind of meaning. I also, you know, like I, I have, uh, I started collecting uh, a bunch of things that are probably worthless now too of other, you know, like Malbosia and. Vert kill and all those. Kind of, I have a super rare. Old, back then, it was a super rare old vert kill from what's that series? It was, it was Spawn?
1: Oh, right. I have the
0: one with the handwritten five cents on his meter, which was a big deal <laughs> before they got the sticker. Right. But, you know, right. I, I, I paid quite a bit of money for it. It's <laughs> probably completely worthless now.
1: Well, it's it's good. Vintage Star Wars seems to be pretty pretty stable. In the yeah, it's, it's it's like
0: it's like the Mickey Mouse stuff. I don't think it's ever gonna. You know, ever going to be worth less? I mean, it'll go up and down like all collectibles. But,
1: right. But, and uh, and uh, it, do you um, do you have like a holy grail that's still left? I mean, I know you wanted to find the Headman, but is there any one thing you're you're just dying to find?
0: No, Headman was was really it was the holy grail for me for the Star Wars stuff. There's other stuff I see and you know, go, ooh, that's cool. I have a I have a General Veers from you know oh, on nice. a card from uh,
1: right the shrink wrapped.
0: Yeah, which I got. I mean, long time ago, I just said, "Wow, I've never seen one of those." So I got, it.
1: I got a lot of the
0: collections really just by that. You know, it's only certain ones that I really went after, like the, the double telescoping ones and the Headman. And I found blue stars in an in an auction and uh, in on a on a, on a card and right, was wow. a bunch of things like that. But uh, your yeah, Headman is, that's really I I can't think of another one. I have a I have a rocket firing Boba Fett. Oh, wow. uh, that's pe- that's painted wow, um and uh, sounds like you have I, all the grails <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean the the, the headman was really the one because i i just thought i'd never see it you know I, yeah. everyone forever had said any any or anything i would ever read had said no there's only one you know okay, they were yep. pro- made in small amounts and so yeah it was pretty amazing to get that tom I <laughs> uh, really thank tom for that he was the one who we really
1: found it. Yeah, he's he's a good person to know when it comes to finding stuff. Oh, he is. <laughs> uh, and here's kind of a, a philosophical question. You may not have an answer, but if you yourself were a Star Wars vintage toy, what do you think you would be and why?
0: Um, well.
1: It, it, it usually takes a while to answer this question. But yeah, I'd probably it's, it's be
0: Yoda like... because he was just... He had all the answers, and I've always wanted to have all the answers. <laughs> That's
1: but nice. I'd also want to be
0: headman because he had a sword and shield.
1: <laughs> right. headman's a great answer. A headman Yoda. <laughs> Maybe they made one of those too. And uh, yeah,
0: yeah, kind of a, a really, really intelligent headman.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, who knows? I mean, Headman could be intelligent. We know very little.
0: You, know, you uh, know, we know very little about Headman, other than he has a very, very bizarre name, and probably if, it was, if I was called Headman, I'd probably change my name.
1: <laughs> well, you do know there's a, uh, a hockey player for the Tampa Bay Lightning whose last name is Headman, so you may want to look into that jersey. We, uh, wow. We talked about it a while ago. It's 77, Head, I don't know if it's 77, I may be wrong on that, I may be thinking Star Wars, but yeah, it's, it's Headman is his name.
0: That's so, pretty funny, that would be a nice coupling up on the wall, I probably couldn't talk my wife into. That one, though but
1: no, that, no really, tough. the jersey looks great on this wall. <laughs> trust me, <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> and have you ever been to a Star Wars celebration? You ever been to one of the conventions?
0: I have not. Um, uh I mainly just from you know like time constraints and stuff right. like that. But I, I did think to go a couple of, a couple of times you know years ago just to look for for uh, scour through so you can find something rare. But I figure there's so many guys in front of me on that that I. You know, I wouldn't stand much of a chance. So, right? you know, you hear the stories of guys finding uh, double. You know, telescoping Darth Vaders for five bucks and things like that. Oh that's... yeah,
1: no, I've I've always seen people buy amazing things. I'm always the person right behind them. But uh, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's still worth seeing it, to, to be honest. Um, yeah, well, it's uh, definitely you should maybe maybe like plan a concert in Orlando right around that time and just happen to show up and you know <laughs> go, go to the room sales because you know that's where all the rare, rare stuff is after hours. And is just, it really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Usually uh, at least one night a week. You know, uh, one night during the convention there'll be these. And just like be... super rare stuff. Yes, yeah, a lot of super rare stuff. Some of it's yeah. just people bringing extra things, but uh, yeah, you know, we're yeah. going to be also having a party for the Star Wars Collectors Archive, and we'll, we'll be playing some Rick Springfield there to be sure. <laughs> we actually plan on playing a game called uh, uh, Pin the Pin the Shield on Headman, so it's like Pin the Tail on the Donkey. No, that, uh, that
0: that that would be a game I'd be
1: into. Yeah, well, that's the game we're going to be playing. And uh, if you have any particular <laughs> song you'd like us to play while that's going, just let us know. Cause, uh, it's it's going to be something, uh, Rick. From the Nothing Rick comes to
0: mind, but yeah. You
1: know. <laughs> Well, I always loved the, how do you talk to girls? That was like my, my oh, theme great. song in high school. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah, we all had that problem, <laughs> I think. I certainly did.
1: Yeah, how, how do you talk to girls? Well, you, well great. You, I, you start
0: playing guitars, right. how I did it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I guess uh, my, my, my last uh, thing I wanted to say was just sort of on behalf of your fellow Star Wars collectors, uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've sort of noticed that you, you often kind of refer to yourself as being kind of geeky or dorky or saying mm-hmm. you're, you're in your mom's basement. I, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, you are a rock star and a, a TV star, and so Star Wars doesn't make you dorky. You make Star <laughs> Wars cooler. So just I just take it easy on yourself and just know you're, you're fighting the good fight. And uh,
0: I appreciate it's, the words.
1: It's, it's, it's really not so dorky.
0: <laughs> I will continue to fight the fight.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Um, and then uh, one more thing. Would you mind just uh, recording like a little uh, thing yes, for the sure. beginning and the end? Okay. Um, so if you could just say, this is Rick Springfield saying, Wampa Wampa.
0: Wampa Wampa? That's right. Hey, this is Rick Springfield saying, Wampa Wampa.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, I see that it's, uh, it's, it's at 20 minutes, so I really appreciate your time. I know you're, you're recording your next album and I uh, yep. look forward to hearing it. And it's just on a personal note. Uh, we've really been dying to talk to you ever since your book came out. And so this is kind of a a little dream of ours on the podcast. So I really appreciate you taking
0: your time. Well, it's been, believe me, it's been the most fun interview I've had in years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know, and I heard a lot of interviews. I live up in Rochester, and I heard one of the interviews with some of the guys up here, and they were just kind of jerks, and they're being flippant with you. And I was was annoyed. I'm like, if if I could interview, I would know exactly what to ask them, you know? Talk about (laughs) Headman for 20 minutes.
0: Well, some, it's funny. Some of them are really, you, you find some of them who, are really into it, and others who are like you know you got to do this interview, so they look up your bio. And I've actually busted them saying, "Dude, are you looking up my bio?" It's <laughs> like it's just silence on the wall. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's funny.
0: All uh, right, well, good luck with it.
2: Just to hear the noise
1: That was fun to hear again, Steve.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. A couple people uh, like at work actually said they you know, came by and said, Oh, I went back to listen to that again. Because they, they happened to see the new thing. Like, oh, man, you guys interviewed
1: him a while back. I should listen to that again. So,
3: yeah, it's, it's good to, to bring it back.
1: Yeah, it really was kind of... I mean, it's funny because there's so many things about this show that have been crowning moments that I guess I should just stop saying that. You know, <laughs> because I was... You know, the fact that I got to do this interview thing on the, In a Galaxy, the documentary, was just because Connell was listening to podcasts and heard the 2 1B poetry slam. <laughs> so, you know, that's because yeah. of of the podcast and, and a bunch of other cool stuff that we've got to do. It's all been because of the podcast. Yeah. But interviewing Rick Springfield really was up there. So, as far as feedback for the last episode, I will just say. I think last episode has gotten some of the most feedback of any episode we've ever done, Steve. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. And that was really because we decided to talk about something that people like to argue about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So maybe we should do that more in the future, or maybe not. Maybe just know that we can have a more engaged audience, but we have to do things like accuse them of being fake collectors, or of being (laughs) uh, amoral jerks. Um... So we had a lot of good talks about focus and focus, and you know we should save that for later, um, because uh, developing the term of focus, uh, I think, is really good. But the one, yeah. the one piece of, of of housekeeping, so we'll we'll touch that in episode sixty-eight. We'll get back to that archive stuff, but sixty-eight, yeah, sixty-eight. There's nothing better than a little bit of corrections, Steve. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh. So the last time we did a micro-episode, it was because I I allowed some incorrections. Incorrections? (laughs) Some incorrectitudes? I I allowed some misinformation to be broadcast on the mighty waves of the vintage pod, um, (laughs) of the twin pod, about coins. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, lo and behold, it turns out that last month, we made a mistake about coins, (laughs) We did. <laughs> so, um, let's see. What exactly was the mistake? So, Ross was talking about the uh, Luke Skywalker coin.
3: Right. Which, which, to be fair to Ross, um, in the auction listing, uh, it had been mistakenly listed as a pitch coin. But that's not what it is.
1: No. And according to the Star Wars Collector's Archive, of which we are a member... It is actually called the Luke X-Wing Small Coin. Right. And here's a description from Chris Jogulius of a photo by Gus Lopez from the collection of Gus Lopez. This is one of those pages with a beautiful marble backing. This is Vintage Archive. This was the very first coin developed for the Power of the Force line. At the time, Kenner was experimenting with the design and size of the new coin premiums, and they developed this coin for Luke. It's about three-quarters the size of a standard POTF coins, but it was designed and minted just like them. The back of the coin has Yoda's picture and some information about the Jedi Knights. After its development, Kenner decided on going with a larger diameter for their coins. No other coin this size was created by Kenner. The coin was never released to the public, and has only surfaced through past Kenner employees. There are an estimated four hundred of these in existence. Right. And so the coin that he bought is a rare version of this Luke right. X-wing small coin.
3: Right. With the uh, the alternate Yoda uh, artwork, or not artwork, but just the way it's made. Right.
1: Right. It's kind of like a it's like a, a line drawing thing. Right point is, it's a rare one. I don't know how to describe it, but it's more rare, and it's not a pitch coin, because a pitch coin is a different coin in the Power of the Force thing. That's the trouble, is that, uh, here again I'm I'm quoting now Gus Lopez, uh, when Ken introduced the POTF coins to be bundled, they considered several designs before choosing the final style. This is an early coin style that shows the face and entire body of a character and composite. So, that was uh, a Luke... Skywalker coin that does not look like any other Kenner coin and that was a pitch meaning it was used to try to sell the coin so one is the pitch coin and then the other is essentially a size let's see what should we call tentative size or size test (laughs) well it's definitely smaller yeah it's definitely (laughs) small a small coin a small coin that was to test the size and that's what Ross is referring to so we got a lot of of very kind mentions. Uh, as always, uh, North Carolina is right there to try to put us in, in their place. And uh, <laughs> Chris C.J. Fawcett says this, I think at this point, whenever you guys talk about coins, you should just make a disclaimer that you're probably going to say something incorrect. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say, I bet whatever I just said was incorrect. <laughs> There's probably something. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, this is a little yeah. bonus episode. I hope you guys liked hearing about the documentary series. I hope you liked hearing about Rick Springfield again. And uh Wampa Wampa.
5: Adios.